welcome to another episode of the Ball and Foot Podcast. I'm Daniel, and I'm joined as always by the lovely, handsome, charismatic, I'm running out of adjectives to use for him at this point in time, but uh, I'm going to get the source out. Uh, Jason, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm good. Although, like, I mean, I do love it when you butter me up. But uh, uh, when we do video at some point in the future, um, everybody will then realize uh, that Daniel is the lo- lovely, handsome, and charismatic one. So um, I-, I would just like to put that out there. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely uh, enjoy people uh, thinking the- these things about me, at least until they see me. <laughs> hey, man, yeah, it's not going to be a, a pretty day when people actually see our faces, you know. <laughs> They're going to be like, crap. Yeah. these are the guys i've been listening to or i haven't been listening to yep so um yeah so today in today's episode since we still don't you know have any chelsea games to preview or look forward to well i mean i guess we're a week and a couple of days away from coming back so that's gonna be fun um I'm nervous yeah to, eh, nervous not excited not looking forward to it yeah <laughs> not looking forward to it all those words fit into like how I feel about this upcoming right. Chelsea winter break break <laughs> coming back from the winter break, I guess is what we'll call it. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, Argentina and France in the world cup finals. Jason, what's your, just real quick prediction. What's your prediction? Who's going to win? Okay. So I have a feeling that France will win. Although I've been wrong with this whole world cup. I have a feeling, uh, France will win, but my heart really wants Messi to get that world cup. But then my heart really wants Giroud to get that World Cup. Yeah. So he does already have one though. So he does have one, true. But I love Giroud so much that yeah. it's hard for me to root against him. But I do I would really like to see Messi uh get the World Cup. And then and then I would just love like all the Messi stands and all the Ronaldo stands to just like continue debating the endless debate of who is the GOAT. Yeah. Um yeah, I think France France should win, but Argentina it, they've been, it, they they've been good. So France and France's defense is not good. Like yeah. they haven't kept a clean sheet yet. Like I guess well I guess Morocco didn't score on them, but yeah. you know, until then. So I don't know. Yeah. I think I think I'm going with France too. I think two one is my score prediction. So who knows? I'll probably be wrong. I hope it's a good game. I mean like to, to come into the semis like on the back of several draws and then like for Argentina what they won 3-0 and then France won 2-0 I mean that's like pretty interesting scores so I hope that it is just kind of like a like a back and forth uh game I would love to see a high scoring world cup game but uh that doesn't happen often ever yeah that would be nice. That would be nice. So, um, you heard it here, France. Uh, first, France is going to lose the World Cup because Jason and me both predicted in the win. So, <laughs> I, I do think uh, the next episode we'll just do a quick recap on our, or we should do a quick recap on our predictions. <laughs> oh, they were terrible. They were terrible. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah. man. Anyway, so uh, today's episode we're going to um, transition from players at the club, which we. Apparently, don't even have enough for a full roster at this point in time, according to Jason and me. Uh, if you missed that episode, go check it out. Uh, it's a two-parter. Uh, this is going to be another two-parter. We're going to cover the uh, hierarchy of the club. Um, so today, we're going to go over the sort of the new structure we have, all the technical directors and scouts and blah, 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 all those new people that we have in. Um, 
And then the next episode, we will go over sort of the budget and transfers and how we think that's going to play out in the future because it's looking a little scary, if you ask yeah. me. Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, let's just jump into this. Uh, I guess we're, you know, we sort of have outlined a club hierarchy, and this is just, uh, I guess, sort of our own hierarchy you kind of have to cobble it together from like a ton of sources like there's not really one good source that is like showing this structure i don't know Mm -hmm. if anybody knows anything tweet at us yeah tweet at us there you go i like that work that tweet in there (laughs) tweet at us um but we sort of got it you know figured out uh, or what we think is the hierarchy of this club and how everything sort of plays out um but i think you know the top of the club clearly you have you know, Clear Lake Capital and Todd Bowley. And I don't know, do you have anything you want to say about Bowley or Clear Lake at this point, Jason? I mean, they, I will say this, uh, for all, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> sorry, we can edit this out uh, if we want, if we're not lazy enough. Um, for all of the, I don't know, I, I do feel like it's been, an interesting mix of showing a lot of commitment to the club and also like a lot of what looks on the outside as missteps. Now we can only like see what we see. Um, And so a lot of things that I think that we'll say here are just our opinions based on secondhand sources, based on, history of these people based on speculation whatever like so and yeah. w- like what is football punditry if it's not that anyway um not that i think we're pundits i don't even know what we are we're uh <laughs> t- t- two friends that uh just like talking to each other i think yeah um uh and for some reason we decide to talk about chelsea uh more than the rest of the stuff that is probably more <laughs> worth it um but like so i i think that just overall since the since Clear like has purchased the club, and then I I can't pronounce the guy's name who's also like the co-owner. The yeah, there's there's several of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's one that he gets mentioned a lot. It starts with an E, but um, I'm not even gonna try it. But uh, but like I just I do think that overall I I think it's hard to minimize Clear Lake and Bowley's commitment to the club or seeming commitment to the club. I mean. We'll talk about it in a second, but Bowley's put himself in a prime role. Like, if, yeah. if that's not commitment, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think there's, but you got to have a little bit of ego, I guess, in, in this whole thing, too. Uh, to even like own a football club, I think you got to have some ego. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I think it's I, it's been interesting to watch. Um, I was reading this interview that uh, Dave uh, gave a little while back where he said this year has felt like three years. And like ever since the war in Ukraine started with the sanctions, with the change in ownership, with the change in manager, and now you're changing like most of the backroom staff. Um, the old regime is like true and welly out, true and truly and welly out. Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. Uh, I'm just going to give up, but like, uh, they, they're gone. I mean, for sure at this point, I don't, I don't know if they're still, you know, floating the line about, marina like still staying on until in a like transitionary role until things you know are figured out i don't know but i mean check's gone bruce buck's gone um all those things so it's like 
yeah, it's been it's been interesting to watch. I I feel the same way. I feel like this has been the longest season so far, and it is like only December, as yeah. Dave said. And I I like am not looking forward to watching or experiencing what I feel like is going to be um, several years of just kind of mid. Um, even though when we start talking about these people, I think on paper the people that they brought in look pretty cool in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as anything with Chelsea goes, it, it's going to have to be, is it going to work out and are they going to prove themselves well? But I think, yeah, going forward, we're looking at multi-year projects here, mm-hmm. not short-term success like we're used to. So anyway, how, how, how do you feel yeah. about it all? I don't know. I think what people... The main thing that I take away from, especially the Clear Lake aspect of it, is that people have to remember that this is a financial institution, that their sole purpose is to take a property, buy it, make money, sell it. They're an investment firm. That's what their job is. So they're trying to do their best to make money out of all of this. And that's that's what also, like, scares me the most about it them taking over and why and also the fact that they're a u.s based firm and bully is u.s based like i was the one thing i remember way back when we were talking about you know the new ownership group i was like i don't want americans owning us because of the way that they don't understand soccer or football yeah. and they don't understand what goes into it and everything like that and they're showing all this financial commitment but you have to remember this is just to build their portfolio so what is like in the short term, yes, this seems like a good thing because they're investing all this money. But what is Clear Lake and Bowley's long-term goal in this? And that's what I think scares me the most about them because I honestly think they're going to try and build us up. And then they have two options to do after they build us up. They have a 10-year window where they can't take money out of the club. Mm-hmm. So for 10 years, they can't take money out of the club. Well, in that 10 years' time, they're either going to say, okay – we're going to start taking money out of this club like the Glazers have ruined Manchester United doing, and mm-hmm. they're going to start using our capital that they've built at Chelsea to fund other ventures that they have, or they're going to ultimately sell the club to somebody else because that's really their two options. Like, that's what they do for a living. Right. So I don't see them, like, I don't see Clear Lake as being a long term project or a long term successful like i could have seen abramovich holding the club till he died if the stuff in ukraine didn't happen like i felt like he would have been here forever um but i don't see that with clear lake and so they're just going to try and build us up as much as possible and whether it's to get rid of us or whether it's to take money off the club it's one or the other and that's why i think you're seeing such an investment in the youth players now because they're saying okay we can't do anything for 10 years with this club but if we get young players we sign them to these long-term contracts. We can then sell them off later, make right. a good bit of profit off of them, which is what you're supposed to do as a club. But then they're looking at it saying, well, that's more money for us in our pockets that we can then either take out of the club or turn around and sell the club for more than what we pay for it. So right. That's what makes me nervous about Clear Lake. It is interesting, though, because we we were overvalued. Mm-hmm. And in how they like we're we weren't worth nearly the amount um that they paid for us 
um, to even sell the club. I don't, I don't know what, how, how much is the club worth in 10 years time? I don't know. Um, but it is, it is notoriously hard to make the kind of profits in soccer that American sports make too. So I I feel like they kind of got like, I I mean, unless their 10 year plan, I mean, we can kind of see their 10 year plan and and I don't think they've been shy about it either, but we can kind of see it and who they've hired and we'll talk about that. Um, but it is interesting in terms of how overvalued we were, how much money they put up front on the front end, what, what this investment is. I I don't know how much money they're even going to be able to get from this club. Um, and if we're not competing, um, which I don't think we will compete at the highest levels for the next several years. And I hope to be wrong about that. It just, Mm -hmm. the way that it's going, it, it, it doesn't look that great right now. And the last transfer window doesn't seem like it's gonna, uh, we're half a season in, so uh, this is doom and gloom already. But uh, it doesn't seem like it's <laughs> going to pan out uh, in, in a way that we would need to compete at the highest levels. It, it's going to be really interesting to see how much money they can actually get out of this club um, if they don't have success sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of how overvalued we were and how notoriously hard it is to make profits um, for, um, I mean, what, what is like really the world sport? It, it's kind of amazing the, the, the revenue models that, uh, they have, but it's like you said, Americans come in and they tend to blow stuff up <laughs> like, yeah. uh, literally and figuratively, <laughs> um, unfortunately. Um, but it is just interesting that, uh, they, uh, I don't know. It's interesting the way that they view, this type of model and how they do want to change things and like the things that they say. And then the, the rest of the footballing world goes up in arms about it. But does, does this start ushering in? And I'm getting philosophical now. I'll shut up in a second, but does this start getting like, does this start changing football in the mm-hmm. way that like American ownership is starting to like, you see it with the blazers. You can kind of see it with pool. You can see it with us. Yeah. Like you can kind of see what, even like Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney are doing with Wrexham mm-hmm. and just like how bankable this is. Like does, does modern football is, is the revenue structure going to start changing the models in the game of how it all works because of how marketable it is. And because of, of the fervor around it, I don't think that that full revenue stream has been tapped or even like the potential of that revenue stream has been tapped yet is American ownership going to be like this catalyst for change in a way? And then I don't know. I think the jury's out on whether or not that hurts the game in general, but mm-hmm. anyway, philosophy I mean, over. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, their philosophy clearly, clearly like in Bully is to, to have the structure of, you know, multi-club set up with right. Chelsea. That's clearly where we're headed. I mean, you can tell every one of these hires, you know, the te- on the technical director sides, you know, right. makes good, aligns with that vision with that whatever you want to call it and it and i just look at it it's like clear like just adding to their portfolio so when you're going to say you know in 10 15 years time when they come to sell chelsea well you're not just buying chelsea you're buying these 10 other football clubs with chelsea so we're going to demand 10 billion dollars good point in 12 billion dollars whatever it is you know because they're going to try and buy smaller clubs for cheaper prices 
bring them under the Chelsea umbrella, and it's all just one thing. So, I, and and that's just the thing I will never get out of my mind as long as they own us. Is like it's we're an investment to them. We're an investment to them. We're an investment to them. Right. We're here to make them money. And Chelsea, I mean, we have never been as strong like like the Uniteds and the Liverpools and the cities. You know, cities for different reasons than United and Liverpool. You know, they're more globally known brands like mm-hmm. the Madrids and the Barcelonas. Like we're not one of those globally known brands. Like we're known, but we're not on their level known. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we have one of the smaller stadiums. Like, they're we're not rebuilding our stadium, so you know we're going to renovate it, but we're not going to add a lot of seats to it probably. So we're right. still going to be one of the smaller stadiums, which hurts our game day revenue. Um. We, you know, we have one of the better shirt sponsor deals, which is one of the things that I'm keen on happening this summer is seeing how much Bowley gets for our kit deal. Because three's Mm -hmm. coming up. We're clearly not going to renew with them. How much is he going to get for our kit deal? That's going to be huge because that's revenue that you got to count on. And then to your point, you know, about the, you know, this current success of the club. Like, I don't, like, I'm sure they do realize this. But like, how much we're dependent on Champions League football, right? With that revenue stream that comes in every year, like, and we're not going to be in the Champions League next year, so we're going to lose out on that revenue stream. Like, that's right. huge, and it also hurts your recruitment of players. So there's all these other factors that play into like losing out on Champions League football, and why Abramovich was so keen on like top four every year. Right, because of the revenue that it brings in, like you can't, you take that, you know, millions of dollars off your books that you don't get. So, um, you don't get any hardly any money for winning Europa League. I can't imagine Conference League is any better. You know, <laughs> no way. So, um, I don't know. It's just like, and that's my thing. It's like it's just investment for Clear Lake. That's all we are, and how they handle it, and how they go with it in the future, and how they play that out. You know, only time will tell, you know. So. Yeah, and we were a bit spoiled because we had a um, a owner for so long that just loved the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and he used us to sports watch his money, which <laughs> is, uh, like, yeah, I guess. Whatever. It's not it's not great, but it's yeah. part of it. But, yeah. like, he clearly loved the club, maybe because of how well he was able to wash his money with us. Uh, but, uh, but he... I mean, he like the commitment to the club from him was so clear. And I feel like there's been, like I said at the top, there's been like some good indications that this commitment's here. But yeah, it's like you said, like for Abram, like we're having to think differently about this because Abramovich mm-hmm. never really looked at the club as like this money making thing. Right. For reasons we mentioned a second ago. <laughs> but, but like, but so we have to think about it as, yeah, here come capitalist vultures that mm-hmm. want to like use this to just enrich themselves. Yeah. Like, are we worried about like, cause, cause Abramovich was success, success, success. Mm-hmm. Money is secondary. Right. And to your point, money is now probably primary. Right. And if they can do that with minimal success, then that sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because that's it's going to be hard from a fan's point of view, mm-hmm. if if that's if it really is like you say. I mean, because they are this consortium 
thing that is all about making profit for their shareholders. We're, we're just the fans that they are using to make that profit. Right. We're, we're not the shareholders. So mm-hmm. we're not the first. Whereas it felt so lonely, we were the first priority. Um, mm-hmm. we, we're no longer the first priority. So yeah, I think you make some good points there and you make a good point about like they're building an entire network that they then can sell off mm-hmm. instead of just the one property. But it's also yeah. like you said, like we aren't as good. Uh, we, we're not as recognized globally. I, th- I think that we are a global brand, but we yes. are not as recognized globally because there are still a lot of people, like a lot more people than I thought who think that Arsenal is still the bigger club in London because of, because of history and mm-hmm. prestige of the club. They're just seen as more prestigious. Yeah. And we are just not, we just have never been seen as prestigious. Um, even over the last 20 years with our successes, like maybe that 20 years carries us forward into prestige levels in the next 20 years, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know after the next 20 years, but for now we just aren't seen like for a country who has like the amount of history that it has, like we're just not seen as one of the prestigious clubs of that, of the last 150 years or whatever. So it is, it is interesting when you really start breaking it down in this way to, into your points. I think those are all amazing points. Like I hadn't really thought about our, our place as fans within it mm-hmm. based on how they're thinking about raising the money. And so your points made me think about that. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really good point it's because we're it's completely different now the way that we as fans are going to be treated at the club yeah now we're just viewed as dollar signs instead of you know loyal supporters of the club you know like abramovich viewed us and did everything in his power to put a good team on the pitch you know every year um right. whether you agree with everything he did or not you can never deny his love for the club um like he he was Chelsea through and through. Yeah. He loved the club and would do anything for the club. Um, probably to an extent sometimes that it annoyed us with the amount of coaches we fired and, you know, the coaching <laughs> care side that we came through real, here. Yeah. And, you know, in his struct and I mean like his structure, you know, just this segue, you know, wasn't the greatest. Like the way that we had our club set up and our scouting department, like it it wasn't good. Like I don't think anybody's gonna sit here and say, Yes, it was the best, you know, it was world-class, you know, it wasn't, it was just average, but we had money and money talks like when you have that. So I feel like Bolo and them are shifting to a more, all right, let's have a good scouting department. And yes, we have money, but how much of that money are we going to spend going forward? Um, You know, we want to make sure we're spending on the right players. And that's their big emphasis with all this. It seems like is really, you know, investing in the youth, you know, young players, you know, of course we missed out on Indrick and that just goes to, and, and missing out on him speaks to like the global prestige of our club. Like you were just talking about, because mm-hmm. it came down to us in Madrid and ultimately Madrid won out because right. they're real Madrid. They're right. well known. And so you, I think Bowley's going to slowly realize that, that yeah, you can have money and you can put together a good pitch for people. But ultimately if, it's a lot of times it's that name on the shirt that matters. Like you don't ever hear about players. Very few. There are some, I guess, you know, that grow up wanting to play for Chelsea. Most of the time it's Madrid, Barcelona, United, you know, clubs like that. Like, so 
I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's just a lot to, to, to really just pick apart and think about because it's – and only time's going to tell how they're going to, to run this club. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, let's just sort of jump into it, um, I guess, with some of the hires we've made here recently. Um, I guess the big one, you know, sort of happened yesterday. You know, glad we waited a day to record the podcast. I know, yeah. Um, so it actually worked out in our favor this time because normally we record it and <laughs> something something happens. So transfer season, we were like behind, like one or two days every time. Every stinking time, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, we're looking at this person," and then be like, "We'd sign something like totally opposite of that," and be like, "Where did this come from?" You know, that yeah. thing. So, um, I mean, we. So the way we sort of, I guess, view it, you know, bullies at the top. Um, then you have, I guess, you know, we've had a couple of technical directors at this point in time, mm-hmm. the newest being Christopher Vavell. Um, did we just hired yesterday, apparently got his work visa sorted yeah. out and everything. So apparently we're good to go with him, um, which he's supposed yeah. to be good, I guess. Yeah, he's been linked to us since like October. Yeah. But that's when uh, you mentioned earlier that he got fired from – or they left for personal differences or whatever, whatever the line was yeah. from RB Leipzig. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I think at Leipzig, he, um, I mean, what, like he was their technical director as well, or like one mm-hmm. of them, like the top technical he director. Was, he was a technical, yeah. He was, I don't know if he was, he was a technical director. Yeah. But, uh, but like apparently he's gonna have like a few people working under him here, and like his main focus is gonna be the data and scouting um, stuff. But he's gonna kind yeah. of be like maybe closer to the top of the of the pack, I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, he's you know young. I think he's like thirty six or something like that. Some ridiculous, yeah. like ridiculously young. wild. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but you know, he's been in the the Red Bull system forever because he was at Salzburg and then he went to Leipzig. Mm. So once again, this just goes to the multi club model that we seem to be heading toward. I don't know when we're going to buy our first feeder club, blah, 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 whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, has that experience. I mean, he's, I mean, he's got some skins on the wall. I mean, his team is the one that, uh, at Salzburg that scouted Holland. So, I mean, that's a big skin on the game. Um, I mean, he, at Leipzig, he's the one that's credited with uh, Joski. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name because I can't. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna, not even going to try and do that. But um, who is considered one of the best young center backs in the world right now. And yeah. he's proved that in the World Cup. Scored a goal today in the third place game. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things like he's clearly good at his job i guess we can say and it's been somebody we've been after for a while this is probably the one hire that uh rate the i'll probably rate his hiring the best out of all the other mm-hmm. ones we've done i can sort of the other ones don't really excite me as much as him he right uh, and i'm trying to remain positive of course but his does he sort of does seem to have more of an understanding of some of the scouting of the types of players that Chelsea, Chelsea quality players. Cause that's my big thing with a lot of these other people. Yeah. They haven't scouted Chelsea quality players. Like they're not from that, you know, they're from smaller clubs. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they're looking for more value. 
you know, that they can then, okay, this person's good and he's going to become better and we can sell him for a profit. With him, it's more like I'm looking for the next superstar that I can make a huge profit off of. And that's the kind right. of players we need in our youth system at Chelsea, the ones that are going to be potential superstars. So then we can promote them to the senior team and not sell them. Right. At least that's what we hope. Um, so I, he, I'm more excited about him than I am the other hires that we've made sort of in this hierarchy at the club. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. He, um, I mean, he's, he's young, got a lot of good ideas, been at Leipzig, been in that network. Yeah. I mean, speaks to the multi-club model. I think that like, uh, and that's definitely what we said earlier, the, what you said earlier, the way that we are going. Um, yeah. If, if you pair him with, and we'll talk, maybe we'll talk about this when we talk about uh, sporting director news or whatever. But yeah. if you pair him with who we still maybe hope can come in yeah. for that role, then, um, then yeah, it's very exciting. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about, I guess we're just going to talk about that now. Like, the sporting director, like, it's still not filled. Right. Um, and... Bowley, I think it's been made clear through various channels that is going to still stay in that role through the winter transfer, the January transfer window. Yeah. So I think that that's, you know, the point. And it's just interesting because we've missed out on so many people. Not so many people, but, you know, the big ones, uh, the dude from PSG, who was the other one we missed out on? There was... Friend, yeah, 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 whatever his name is. Yeah, that yeah. guy. I missed out on him. And then, of course, Michael Edwards said, no, I'm still taking my year sabbatical, whatever. Yeah. So you're, you're sort of, you know, when we, the, the, the prevailing thought was that we wanted to have all this sort of before the World Cup so that they could scout the World Cup, help right. set up stuff for January, blah, blah, blah. And that never came to fruition. So now we're in December and about to January transfer window opens in like two weeks still don't have, you know, a sporting director or anything like that. So it's one of those things like, I really feel like at this point that we literally are waiting on Michael Edwards. Like I think, or we should, if he was mm -hmm. so blown away that by the proposal, his reports said, and then, but he said, ultimately I'm just taking a year off from football. That's fine. But we're six months out from him essentially coming in here. If he was to come in here, just wait those six months and get one of the best sporting directors out there instead of just waiting, instead of just appointing somebody to appoint somebody at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, I like that theory a lot. I, I hope that that's man. If we get Michael Edwards, that'll be yeah. with, with this. And there's another guy that I'm excited about that we can talk about here in a second. Um, but, um, yeah, if we get Michael Edwards, that's, that's some pretty good, yeah uh business i think it is for somebody who is so proven like that mm -hmm. um for somebody who i and i think we talked about edwards a while back um but somebody who is um looking to come in and build a model that can outlast him yes um it, which i think is what you said uh, a while mm -hmm. back and I've, I've thought about that about him ever since we talked about it so I think that that would be pretty amazing, but again, uh, time will tell. Right. But that is exciting to think about. It is, and that's the thing that, like, it, it I'm just to the point now, it's like, we don't have a sporting director now, just wait. 
if if You're right. if the reports are true and the right. newspaper articles that you read that he was so blown away by reports, just wait. It's not gonna it's not gonna hurt anything at yeah. this point. <laughs> so but like I guess unfortunately because they are talking about Bowley hanging in this role through January and then Brogia goes down. Um and we are talking about buying new players in January. Mm-hmm. Um I guess we'll see and hear more of Bowley. Although people, I think, were kind of complimentary of Bowley at the time that he was working with the transfers. But, of course, they would be. He was just handing them money. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, there, were, I don't know if we did. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that we just was a shrewd piece of business in the transfer window. So, I expect more money to just be flung around um in january uh so um so yeah i don't know if i'm still excited about him being sporting director but uh i don't think many of those signings have worked out from the summer and i don't like how much we paid for those signings in the summer as well yeah i agree it's been dismal um but yeah i'm just boldly i i don't know i'm just i'm not a big todd bully fan i think he's I don't know. There's just something off that strikes me with him. I don't know what it is. I can't really put a finger on it, but he's I don't... too American. Yes, that is a hundred percent true. And I feel like he's trying to treat this like an American sport. And I yeah, don't yeah. necessarily like that. Um, and I feel like that it's sort of, okay, well, this isn't America. This isn't baseball. This isn't football. Like this is, well, it's right. football, but it's not American <laughs> football. Right. So like in, like it's just a totally different mentality you got to have when doing a, a true football club in Europe. Like right. it, it's just different. And I don't know if he has that mind and I think he's trying to surround himself with people, but the decisions I think up until this point, like especially on the player side, I'd say this hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, other technical director. Uh, now that we have, you know, Bavel in there. Now we have uh, Lawrence Stewart, who yeah. is supposedly the global technical director, whatever that means. Yeah. No, I I think he's going to be the true centerpiece of this multi club system. Okay, that's kind of what I'm what I'm thinking for him. He also hasn't started yet because yeah, he's he still with Monaco. February. Yeah, I think he starts in February. Yep. But he's also been with the Red Bull Network. He's worked mm-hmm. at Leipzig. He's also worked at Everton and apparently City. Yeah. Before. Mm-hmm. Like so, he's been a part of like big multi club networks and prim teams. So, yeah. I think that that's kind of interesting. Um, so he's probably the other one that I'm kind of excited about if this model is is going to go forward. I think that um, he he's well regarded. Yeah, I'm. He doesn't. Sh- I don't know. I guess it's because his. Like, I guess I look at a lot of it like, all right, who do they credit sort of you with bringing transfers in and transferring mm-hmm. out and stuff like that? I mean, he was the one behind the Tachutamon deal to Madrid for $80 million from Monaco. Good deal for Monaco. I mean, but that's what Monaco is known for. They're, right. they're known for building up young players and then selling them for ridiculous amounts of money. Right. Is where Mbappe came from. So, I mean, like, Monaco's had that in place for years. So, I mean, he was the one, I mean, supposedly at Leipzig that signed in Cuckoo, who now we're going to sign. So, that's, you know, something. But we'll see if the striker curse holds up at Chelsea or not um, with him. 
Um, but I mean, other than that, I mean, like the people they credit him with, like Tyler Adams. Like, okay, look, I'm an American, <laughs> and I love the U.S. soccer team, but Tyler right. Adams is just an average player when you compare him in the world of football scale. Right. Like, not the greatest. Um, and then like a couple other people, I don't know that, whatever. And then like, and then they credited him with. <laughs> The article I was reading was crediting him with bringing Premier League players to Monaco, and the one they mentioned was Saar. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't consider him a Premier League quality player. He's awful. They're really reaching there. Yeah, Yeah, that was a really big reach. So, um, I don't know. It's just he he has a lot of experience. He does. um, But I just he doesn't excite me as much as Pavel does. Yeah. Or the or Edwards, you know, if he comes in. So I, I guess he is sort of, you know, that role over the, whatever, the global. So over the multi-team thing that we're trying to do, I, whatever. So Yeah. I don't know. That's about all I got on him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about him, but I, I was excited about the pedigree of him. Mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, it works out for sure. He does have the most smug looking picture ever though. Like that was used all over for like, oh, really? he came in like, <laughs> he, it's, you just Google, just Google Lawrence Stewart and like, it'll come up. It's like this picture where he's got his arms folded in front of like the Monaco logo. And it's just like the most smug, arrogant picture I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> just like, what is this guy? So maybe the picture just pisses me off as well. Like, the one that I'm seeing is this picture, man, somebody, I, I don't know. It feels like one of those that somebody told him to do. And then, yeah. And then the, what I'm seeing is a split screen with just Todd Bowley, like being Todd Bowley with like sunglasses in one hand and the thumbs up. <laughs> oh man. Brilliant. Yeah. It is crazy. It is crazy. Um, all right, so so we got Stewart, we got Vavell, and then I guess you sort of would probably, I guess, the next sort of person in the hierarchy that probably fall under more under Vavell than, you know, Stewart would be um, Paul Winstanley? Winstanley. What Win a name. Stanley? Yeah. What a name. Winstanley? Winstanley? You got to get that little inflection at the Winstanley? Winstanley? <laughs> <laughs> like we're almost like questioning it like yeah, is this yeah. really is this how you really pronounce his is name this? yeah winstonly winstonly yeah you know whatever you gotta th- whatever. throw together the vowels like the english yeah. tend to do <laughs> like it's not leicester but leicester yeah leicester leicester you're gonna say in our southern accent yeah yeah winstonly yeah. <laughs> winstonly <laughs> Oh, man, but he is apparently going to be our director of global talent and transfers. Yeah. I don't know much about this guy, actually. Um, So what I have written down is he played for Man City. So mm-hmm. he's a former player. Uh, he did a lot of analytical work for Wigan when they got promoted to the Premier League years ago. I think it was like 2015, 16, something like that. It was years ago. Um, He worked for um, Derby, and then he went to Brighton. Um, and this is where we get to the whole... We've just freaking pilfered Brighton, man. Yeah, interesting fact, we have, uh, six, six, uh, coaches and scouts from Brighton now on staff. Seven Jesus. if you count Kukurea as a player, so... 
It's what? like what are we thinking here? I, and see, this is my issue with this is like we're getting all these Brighton people, okay? And I, I get it. Um, because what's his face? Uh, I don't know which one of the one. I think it's Joe Shields. No, not Joe yeah. Shields. Kyle McAlay, yeah, whatever yeah, his yeah. name is, the other yeah. scout. He's been with Potter ever since right. Potter's been around. So it's like all these people coming from Brighton, and it's like we're not Brighton. We're Chelsea. Right. right. Like, why are we getting all these people from Brighton that are, I mean, yeah, they're supposed to be good, but it's Brighton. Their transfers are different than ours. Right. Like, we sign superstars. Brighton signs people they can make profit off of. Right. Yeah, and outside so, of assistant managers, we now have three with Winston, Winstonley, yeah, uh, McCauley, and Potter. We have three yeah. Brighton people in very prominent roles at Chelsea. Yep. Yep, it, we do. It's kind of wild. It's, it's sort of like one of those. It is, and I don't. Like I, I get you want to support your manager, your new manager when he comes in. Of course, he's going to bring people from his other staff. I get that. That's you know. But when we For start sure. poaching, they're scouting people, and they're some of their technical direct. It's like okay, like why are we trying to be like Brighton? You know, like there's only so much youth you can develop, find and develop. Like so, right. I don't know. Well, That's sort of my concern with all this. I also think this is a new role, right? Like this is something we created, like just yeah. that we like a role we didn't have. So they're not even replacing somebody. Like this is literally like in this guy's hands to do with what he wills mm-hmm. and create a vision moving forward. Now, I guess Joe Shields is he because Joe Shields just listed as the co-director of recruitment and talent. So I is would he, think he's under him. Yeah, yeah. So Joe Shields comes from Southampton. Then he was the yeah. head of recruiting at Southampton. So we've now well, put. He was sorry. only there for like six months. Okay. He started in 2022. Like wow, he hasn't what been there. What the very hell? Long. Okay, so yeah. we've created a new role and we've given the reins to a guy that worked at Southampton for yeah. six months and another guy from Brighton. Like these yeah. are the guys that are in charge of our recruitment at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the only thing like the like with shields i don't he at least has some skin in the game he's the one that is credited with bringing because he worked for city right. for years he brought sancho to city You're right yeah and, but but what happened he with has that a sancho, good history for he sure. does and he's worked with a big club so i can sort of get the joe shields thing i'm throwing him under the bus a little too easily here yeah i mean but i think you have the right to throw him under the bus too because i mean it he is coming from southampton so mm-hmm. it's sort of like okay, um, or Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace. I said that wrong. Came from Crystal Palace, not City. No, no, it was City, and then he yeah. was at Palace in 2022. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. But um, he's former head of recruitment at Southampton, though, right? Or am I getting that I wrong? Think, I don't. Know, maybe I'm getting it confused. I don't know. He was in another Premier League club. Yeah, at, there in we 2022. go. 2022, a mid club. A mid club, yeah. There you go. It was a mid club, and he's coming to another mid club now. So, <laughs> you know. lateral move, lateral move. Um. So yeah. Uh. But I mean, I don't know. And that's and then you got the Kyle McAuley or whatever. Yeah. He's also I've just been going to McCauley. It looks like McCauley Culkin. Yeah. McCauley Culkin, yeah. And I mean, all the the thing that all these guys have in common is they are young. 
Mm-hmm. They're they're none of these guys are like incre- I think probably I think Stewart might be the oldest out of all of them, and I think he's still in his forties. Like yeah, it's it's not like these guys are are old, and so I think you touched on earlier maybe you know just talking about you know the future and how we're sort of setting up our structure. And you, I think you were alluding to at least I read I, sort of how I read through the lines. Did you yeah. were alluding to everybody's ages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and sure. how young they are. And so I think that that's. I mean, it's 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 either going to be a positive or negative. But I think you've got to have somebody with experience in here at some point. Yeah. Um, then, I'd like to just add that Joe Shields was at Southampton for three months. Uh, what? For three? Okay, so I had it written down wrong. Why? Where I got Christian yeah. Palace from? I don't know. <laughs> Even worse than six months. Yeah. So it was three months. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I didn't know so, that part of it. So that's yeah. crazy. So, I mean, it's like we got all these scouts. And, like, I, I just love the way that some of these writers write, especially about it was uh, Macaulay. They were, because he's been with Potter right. since Potter began coaching. And they're like, you know, it's helped Potter uh, reinvent these clubs and has been alongside Potter and his great coaching from, like, what what is the great coaching career? He has not had a winning. I will. He has not had a winning record at a club. Like, right. why do people still think this guy like is this genius? I don't understand it. I, we've already covered that. But I'm just like the way that they built Potter. I'm like, <laughs> he's English, and that's why they're gonna do it. So yeah, yeah. My, my sure. only there's hope, a bit of bias there. Oh yes, hundred percent. And my only hope is that Southgate leaves the English team and that for whatever reason potter is like i want the english job and we get rid of him. that's my only hope at this point <laughs> i mean yeah i don't know it's it goes back to that age-old question of like how long are we giving them before we want them out and like we kind of already want them out <laughs> yeah well i mean it's like it's and i mean but i think a lot of it does come down to the players i mean our players clearly aren't quality enough to compete for the league but do you believe potter and for the long term what he signed a five-year deal six-year deal yeah it's ridiculous is like do we think he's worth the long-term investment that we've made in him and i mean i don't see it because he's not been a good manager to other clubs yeah like i just don't like he's supposedly some tactical genius well he's some tactical genius he would have a winning record every club he went to (laughs) right he doesn't so where does this? He would ah, he would have a winning anyway. record with the directors of recruitment that we've now brought over from Brighton. Yeah, exactly. Like why wasn't Brighton? Now, granted, Brighton was performing at the beginning of this year. Uh huh. Sure. But everybody knew that that wasn't going to be sustainable for Brighton throughout the year because there's always some lower tier team that makes a run at the beginning of the year, then they right. fall off. So you knew it was going to happen, but I'm just like, what are we? doing let me let me ask this okay if your theory holds true and michael edwards we're just kind of like waiting in the wings for michael edwards in next year's when we kickstart a lot of this stuff right because vavel doesn't i mean vavel's just just now getting here yeah we've been late since october we've only had a few people in their roles since october like the directors of recruitment Mm -hmm. have been here since potter came in lawrence stewart hasn't even started yet we and then we have people that have been in the roles for a little bit or whatever. So, does this whole thing seem better if Edwards comes in? Like hundred percent. Like, do you think we can handle these directors of recruitment as long as we got a guy on top 
with a with an amazing vision and an amazing way of controlling this that we've seen very successfully at other clubs. Like maybe he brings them up, makes them better. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, I think it, Edwards would make make me feel a lot more confident. But I would also want Edwards to bring in his own people, which For is sure. why I don't. That's why I don't like the way we've gone about this. Yeah. I don't like that we don't have a sporting director in place that can appoint his own people mm-hmm. to these positions. And we're sort of hiring from the bottom up, <laughs> right. which makes no logical sense. <laughs> What's, you, know, you don't run a business that way. You don't hire yeah. from the bottom. Like, I don't go, like, if I'm starting a business, you know, and I have a CEO position open, up oh, no, if I'm going to hire a salesperson first. You know? <laughs> no, I'm going to hire my CEO and then my CEO right. is going to hire all my managers and my managers right. are going to go hire all these salespeople. <laughs> like, um, like, we're doing this backwards. So, yeah. and I don't know how much room we're going to leave. Like, you've got to give Edwards leeway in, what, in who he brings in and everything like that. So, hey, we're already creating new roles. We'll just create more new roles. It'll be that's fine. what I feel like we're going to, that's what I feel like we're going to do. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Just outrageous wages for players and backroom staff alike. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I mean, it's, and I mean, like we have, like, you know, like I thought about this as I was like doing all the research and the background information on this. And I, and I honestly, it makes more sense that we fired Tuchel now to me because Tuchel never would have been in line with any of this. Like never would have, you know, gone along i think with a lot of this stuff just yep. because of his personality and how much of a like he i guess Tuchel's biggest flaw is his lack of communication with the boards and right. structure doesn't seem to be Tuchel's like finest quality maybe yeah and so that seems to be issues that has led to his leaving certain clubs is like okay well, i'm leaving psg because i butted head with the board Dortmund, sort of the same thing so it's like okay I get why you fired Tuchel. I understand, but I don't agree with it to an extent because he's a better coach than Potter. But I understand why you brought Potter in because Potter is like you've always said is just seems more like a yes man than anything. Yeah. And but are is he going to get the results on the pitch with the players that people bring in? And that's the big question yeah. in all of this. Is he the right? He might be the right fit from a managerial standpoint where he communicates with everybody well and you know is on board with whatever you know the scouting department comes up with in the plan but can he implement that on the pitch and i think that's the part that i have the questions yeah. about is can he do it on the pitch so and that's what only time will tell man you made so many good points there i agree with you completely like <laughs> i do not trust potter like yeah. to to implement any of that on the pitch mm-hmm. and it's it's crazy, man. Not from know. what we've seen so far. Yes. Now, we can talk about how much time to give them. That's the age-old yeah. question here at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much. Uh, like, I mean, I'm still hoping Fernando Torres can make a comeback. Um, <laughs> like, give it, give us something good. Although, he he did win us that corner for uh, for the Champions League. I'll never forget him about that. Oh, and he did score that goal against Barca um, in the Champions League. That was a great. He had a great that Champions was, League that year. Um, but... But yeah, like that's the age old question, right? Like with players like that, like how much time do they need? How much time do you give them? When are they washed up? I mean, we've been playing that game with the managers forever. Like, <laughs> but, but like, is it, it's going to be a little weird. I mean, like it, it is changing. Like 
if he's got a five-year contract, are we honoring that five-year contract? If we don't get the success, then how much do, does the club hold on to the line of, hey, no, 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 this is a part of our plan. This is part mm-hmm. of our vision. This is our 10-year vision here. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if I can handle being like in this type of situation for 10 years. I can't. That's going to be hard. It, it is. And it's like we need – like I, Potter is clearly going to get it another year. And it's, sure. it's going to be interesting to see how we finish next year. Yeah. Like this year, I feel like it's a free pass from it. doesn't really matter. Yeah. But to your point, if we finish 8, 9, 10 the next year. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't bring in. Because, I mean, honestly, Potter's job is to bring in revenue by making it to the Champions League. Right. So. I mean, are we to- willing to do what Arsenal did with Arteta? And the, the thing that pisses me off about this line of thinking is that the club is already using this line of thinking. Like, mm-hmm. Potter is literally already using, hey, I'm the next Arteta here. Yeah. And it's like, are you? Like, are yeah, we are, are we willing, when Stanley, are we willing yeah. to wait five years yeah. here? And, I mean, of course we are because we're Chelsea fans. Um, mm-hmm. But we've been spoiled. And we're talking relatively here because, like, can, like, like being, I think it takes a lot of like just fandom and gumption to be a fan of a team you know really doesn't have a chance to mm-hmm. to win the league every year. Um, there's only like five or six teams that ever really have a chance to win the Premier League uh, right. outside of the Leicester year, and it's like, I I mean we're we're coming at this from like a kind of a spoiled position where we've had a lot of success. I I feel like these are about to be. We might go back into the dark ages. And I know that that's like very doom and gloom right now, but I just like going through the directors, going through like Bowley's still sporting director. It's hard at this point, like depends on that sporting director when they come in. Potter's our coach for the next foreseeable future. It's hard to see. And then with what we did in the transfer window, that is mind blowing. Like it's hard to see the path forward here in, in any good terms, any, any terms outside of mid. Like, I don't think that we'll get relegated, but I yeah. don't think that we're competing at the top for, for years. I agree. I, th- I think you're looking at two or three years out. And, I mean, to your point about Arteta, I mean, that's a, a great comparison. You know, Arsenal stuck by him. But I think the thing that switched for Arsenal is they got that year sort of off where they didn't, where they weren't in any yeah. conference league, Europa, anything like that. They sort of, and that's what a lot of people have pointed to is like they sort of got that reset year. And Arteta has sort of taken them out of that reset year. And I right. I don't think that I don't I don't think Potter's as good as manager as Arteta is. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. Arteta has proven that, you know, he can coach a team, that he can bring them up. So And he worked with the best there for a bit. He did. He worked with so. Pep. He was a Pep disciple. Right. So it'll be interesting to see when Pep leaves City. Yeah. If they don't go after Arteta. That would be interesting because I mean you're clearly taking a step up at that point from Arsenal to City. I mean, that's a good theory. I hadn't thought about him going, but if he if he has like another one or two years where Arsenal are competing at the top, they, yeah, you're right. They might give him the nod. I think Pep's gone next year. I think oh yeah. He's, I think this this could. I think within the next two years, Pep's gone. I God, just I hope they don't him. win the Champions League. God, I hope that I, he never I wins the Champions League with City. He doesn't either. I. And secretly, I want Pep to be the United States manager. So <laughs> that would be pretty incredible. Be so much fun. Um, yeah. I would actually feel like we could compete with people then. <laughs> oh my god, 
for real. Um, but yeah, that's another another story for another day. But yeah, I mean, Arteta, and I mean, the test for Arteta is going to be Jesus is out, right? He's carried that team this year for yeah. a good. You know, they have Saka's had a good year. You know, they've had some other good players. We could, we'll see if their success keeps up because that was the whole thing is can they can he and they have rotated their lineup the least amount this year. Yeah, like and they're in. Well, they're in Europa League, yeah. So they're in yeah, Europa yeah. League. So you've rotated your lineup the least through half the year. You're in Europa League, and you just lost your starting striker. Yeah. How are like? Can they keep this trajectory? I don't know. And they always capitulate at this time of the season. True. The only difference between this season is that they're starting from the highest position of capitulation that they've started right. at from from like years now. Mm-hmm. So uh, they usually are more like. Oh yeah, we could do top four, and then they capitulate out of it. This yeah. year they're top; they're the, at the top. Let's see how far mm-hmm. they fall after that. Right, and I mean, like Holland didn't play in the World Cup, so that he's going to come back just fresh as can oh be, just God. destroying people. And I think we got to play him like our second or third game back. Yeah, it's ridiculous. City, just, yeah, we're going to get demolished. Uh, but, um, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think we've pretty much covered that. I mean, in the the outlook is, I guess my last little saying on it will be, I don't even know, like I want to say cautiously optimistic, but I don't yeah. even want to say, I feel like that might be giving them too much credit. <laughs> yeah. Cautiously optimistic. I'm indifferent about it, I guess. I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping it works. Yeah, I think I agree. I, I was a little... I was a little more high on it when I was reading through um, who all we've hired since Bowley took over. Um, But at the same time, I think there's still a lot of unknowns and there's a lot to do. And, and we're, we're in it. We're, we're just in for like a long few seasons. Like the, these seasons, if this half a season has felt like three years, I'm not going to math it out that fast, but like, I mean, we're in for decades of pain here at this point. Yeah, it's going to be the next, I would say, if you count this year, two to three seasons are going to be yeah. pretty, like, I'm not I'm not expecting anything exciting in these next three years. Yeah. Including this year. So this year, next year, and the next. Like I, I mean, we've literally rebuilt everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hope that and I'm like you. I'm cautiously optimistic that it will pay off. I'm mm-hmm. really scared it won't. Yeah, it's it's a very precarious situation that we are in as a club and as fans too, because yeah. like we're like you were talking about earlier expectations, mm-hmm. and I think we got to check ourselves with our expectations right now, and that's the hardest thing to do as fans because right. we, I mean, like even like you go back to that quote from. Lampard year, you know, whenever he was manager here and Tottenham got fourth and they were celebrating fourth place and he like, we don't celebrate fourth place at Chelsea. Right. Like, it's like, well, we should probably start recalibrating <laughs> our brains because now we might be celebrating not getting relegated. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For real. Like we, yeah, we're, it's a different era for sure. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it hadn't really felt like that for me until I started doing research for this episode. And, mm-hmm. um, Cause like we, I don't know. You're just so used to like Chelsea pulling it out, and um, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm just not sure. 
I was fully aware of how much we've actually changed and become like Brighton. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you take their entire freaking staff with you. <laughs> well, we're like Brighton's B team now. Oh, Jesus. I know. Brighton's going to finish ahead of us. Probably so. Jesus. But yeah, um... Yeah, I think that's about. You got any last words or anything? Jason? Nah, I think those are them. I'm I'm scared. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Definitely. Yeah. Only uh, I think you can definitely say that the times are changing at Chelsea, and we don't know if they're changing for the good or the you know the worse. You know, whatever. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. There's just no telling. Like we're gonna have to like do episodes where we look back at like mm-hmm. what we were talking about now because it's just everything's so up in the air like there's just nothing there's nothing to hang your hat on like we like literally cannot i don't even think that we can predict uh what's gonna happen i hope that it's success uh i would not put money on that though yeah for sure i agree um it's it's all about that word hope though i mean it always comes back to that damn word (laughs) (laughs) freaking ted lasso I know, like, I'm freaking, it's like six months into this regime, and I'm already tired of the damn word hope. Yeah. Because like, I feel like that's all we've got. It's the hope point. that kills you, man. It's the hope it that is. kills you. It will be the hope that kills us. It yeah. will be. I'd rather have so, a Ted Lasso coach hey, bring in than Ted Graham Lasso. Potter. Yeah, hey. I'd rather yeah. have, like, a country bumpkin coach um, that had never coached soccer before. <laughs> oh, man, I agree. I agree at this point in time. Um, all right, so, Jason, tell these people where they can find us. Yo, we're still on Twitter. We're at the ball and foot. Although there's there's been rounds of um, people's accounts getting banned, but I don't think we're big enough for that to be a worry for us. So, <laughs> so at the ball and foot on Twitter. I don't know. If we haven't talked about. Um, I know there's like several other things that people are flocking to at the moment, like Mastodon, Hive. Yeah. Have you heard of these? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have it. I don't, I don't think there's enough soccer fans or football fans <laughs> on there. Hey, but we could be we could uh, be first to market. We could be first to market. That is true. That is true. But I mean, it's just like I there's don't no telling. We're on Twitter for now. It's it's enough. Yeah. I, it, that that's a great way to put it. It is enough. I mean, I'd, I'm I'm over here recruiting Daniel to do more content <laughs> on the other places. I haven't done any content. Oh man. <laughs> It's all good, but uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter, um, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You know that would be great if y'all gave us a listen, subscribe, whatever. Um, but in the meantime and in the between time, we'll catch y'all on the flip side. Prepare for the pain, flippity floppity. Yeah.